You're listening to The Cannabis Hangout, two girls, one bowl, and a podcast that is breaking the stigma of marijuana. My name is Brandon. And my name is Saba. We will be connecting with a community of cannabis enthusiasts by educating people, sharing stories from medical marijuana patients, and interviewing industry leaders while debunking cannabis myths. So we invite you to come roll with us while while we we break break it all down. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. I'm Saba. And I'm Brandon. And we are your hosts of the Cannabis Hangout. On today's show, we are speaking with Jane, who is a Buddhist practitioner and Reiki healer. She's also a yoga and meditation teacher. She's based in Salt Lake City, Utah. And we're so excited to chat with her about her journey and her expertise on all the things that she does while breaking the stigma of cannabis. So guys, please welcome Jane to the Cannabis Hangout. Hey, Jane. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yes. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. And this is actually my first time like publicly talking about cannabis. Ooh. Wow, that's exciting. We're honored. Thank you for sure. Willing, be willing to share yeah. your journey with us. I saw that you had been on a few other podcasts, like on your website, like several other mm-hmm. ones. So, but it's cool that like you haven't talked about like cannabis, like this plant medicine yet. So we're happy to have you yeah. here. Thank you for taking yes. time out of your day. Yes, and thank you, too, for representing this beautiful plant with, like, just so much love and, like, you, you too, just have this energy of, like, acceptance and, like, warmth, and I think that more people need to hear that, which is why I kind of was, like, I want to find the people who are doing the work that you're doing to, like, bring them more into my world, and then I guess I need to practice, like, sharing the way that you guys do so thank you for the work that you're doing and for inspiring you that's so sweet thank you appreciate your sweet word that is so kind happy to be an inspiration we're always trying to find inspiration from other people around us too and i'm sure you're going to give that to us today so thank you oh yeah so let's just dive on in jane and tell us where your cannabis journey first began Oh my goodness. Well, as you said, I, I grew up in Salt Lake City. I'm kind of a nomad. I'm in Mexico right now. Cool. Um, and so growing up in Salt Lake City, <laughs> I was in a very, very, very conservative neighborhood. And um, just, I was a spiritual little kid and living in a very religious town and just feeling like all of the connections that I, like the deep connection that I felt to like the spiritual world was like constantly being like shut down and rejected and like closed up almost. Yeah. And by the time I was a teenager, like I was depressed. Like I was a closeted gay girl in a conservative city um, who just was depressed because honestly, I feel like I was born a very spiritual kid. And then the society I, I was raised in was like, spirituality actually looks like dogmatic religion and you either follow it and believe it or you don't and you're going to hell. (laughs) So it was like pretty tough. And by the time I was 15 or 16, I was really, really depressed and honestly just feeling really rebellious. And the kids at the private Catholic school were like the kids to go be rebellious with because I was at like the public, more theological school. And um, yeah, one night I just really was like, I was just so down. And not connecting with people. And I texted one of my buddies and I was like, I want to get high. <laughs> like, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. And he was very excited and he came and picked me up. And a couple of us like went to a park and we smoked probably like the driest, oldest, dustiest nugs that I've ever <laughs> seen. <in my> dustiest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, 
it just kind of fell apart as we touched it. <laughs> yes, I, I, I've seen that type of bud before. Hey, but it'd be like that, and there has been a time and place for everything. Right? It was perfect. It was perfect for me. It was perfect in that moment. Yeah. And, you know, I was just with, like, a couple of guys, um, and we were just, you know, sitting in a park, and <clears throat> then one of my friends came to pick us up, and she was like, uh, and and it, it's an interesting part of the story is that a part of my depression was this really savage eating disorder that started when I was probably like 12. And I just like had zero connection to food. So I get high for the first time and we're driving and I'm in the car and I'm like, this is cool. I definitely think I'm feeling it. Like I'm definitely feeling good. And then um, my friends, like, we got to go get some Mexican food. And they got a, they got me a horchata and a quesadilla. Amazing. <laughs> nice. What a great combo. That's <laughs> some good friends. Oh, yeah. It, it, was just, it, it was just such a perfect, like, first time getting high. And I ate this food. And literally, my whole body was like, this is what food is like? Wow, like, this? Yeah. Oh my God, it changed my life. And I just, I ate and enjoyed food for probably the first time in my entire life. And not only that, but I felt relieved in my body. And I felt like for the first time, like, wow, I don't think I've ever felt like I'm getting emotional telling you guys this, but like, I finally, for the first time, felt like I was connected to something. Yeah. Like, yeah. I didn't know what, but like that spiritual side of me was like alive again. And I felt calm and I felt at peace and I felt like, I felt like I was okay. I felt safe, which I know not everyone feels after they smoke weed, but I was like, I just felt so loved and safe and like, wow, Mm. the world is such a beautiful place. Wow. And, um, yeah, so that was my first experience and, uh, I've been a pretty avid user since. What a great first experience. I yeah. feel like you got to see the medicinal values even as a kid, especially because you really got to like eat for the first time. That's, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, that's a whole different experience that you're like, your body's like, what is happening? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was definitely life changing. And, you know, being the spiritual person that I am today, like if it weren't for plant medicines availability to me, I would have never I don't know if I ever would have been able to break out of like the the trap of Salt Lake City, you know, that I was in. Yeah, it's uh, that's so beautiful. I love to hear that your first experience was such like a li- literally yeah, life changing like one, eye opener, especially as a kid. Yeah, being young. Yeah, yeah, it totally was like, and it was so like it I, like no one at my school, you at my high school, you couldn't find a party to go to. You couldn't find a person who even knew has what weed even was. Like we were Jeez. the most innocent kids, yeah. And I felt like the most rebellious, like <laughs> rock star type of kid. Like y'all have no idea what I've been up to. And <laughs> I would just like get high by myself and like listen to Beethoven and like draw <laughs> all night. That's tight, dude. That's cool. <laughs> that is awesome. I just yeah, it really like. I don't know. It, I'm loving this conversation because, you know, I've never really talked to anyone about this, but it really like helped me start to like myself and like being alone and like, like who I was. And it got me through high school, honestly. That's cool. It's cool to hear you talk about that. And just even you saying that you knew you were like different and a spiritual person or like kid. And now that's mm-hmm. translated into your adulthood because I feel like not a lot of 
kids get to experience that. So it's so unique, yeah. you know, and the fact that mm. in high school, like you're aware, of you that. were, yeah, you were, and you were aware of yourself in high school. That's such like a, I'm so lost. I don't know who I am type, you know, for a long time, that's a phase that you go through in life. But coming from mm. a spiritual perspective, like yeah. you said, like being very sensitive and like fragile to things around you. I feel like whenever mm. you're like put in, you know, a system like that, that it just kind of suppresses like uh, what you you feel or like you're meant to be or do, but like you don't know why, but it's just mm-hmm. normal everywhere else, you know? Oh, yeah, you get it, girl. Yeah, yeah <laughs> we do get it. <laughs> so Jane, tell us, what's your favorite way to consume cannabis? Are you a flower girl? Do you like edibles? What's your favorite? You know what? I'm just such a flower girl. Um, I think that all of them kind of have their fun things, but like if I had to choose one, it would just be good old flower rolling up a good old joint. Um, but something that I've been traveling for the last six months and something that I've been really enjoying is like when you're traveling again, eating, like I still, you know, my whole life I'm going to be like in recovery and like working with food and traveling and eating and like being out has been something that's stressful for me, especially when I'm alone. So one of my rituals is like when I'm getting ready for dinner, I'll eat like half a gummy. And then by the time I'm eating, it like activates in my body and I start to feel amazing while I'm eating. And the food is like amazing. (laughs) And it just like has made my meal times as I'm traveling by myself. Like I don't do it all the time. I only do it if I'm like feeling a little bit anxiety or a little bit of like even like nauseousness, just like anything weird around food. That's when edibles are like my very favorite thing. That's um, um, I love that. Yeah, but I'm just a flower kind of girl. The vape cartridges are definitely a beautiful like introduction to our world, but I I just get so hooked on them that yes. I have to like put it down. <laughs> yes, because then you're like, oh, I don't know what this is doing to my body really, and then you start thinking about yeah. you know just all the things, and then you're like, okay, yeah. I'm gonna switch back to flower. <laughs> yeah, like let's just keep it at flower. Um, But like a good sativa one-to-one vape was one of my favorite things for a really long time. And then I was like, you got to put this down, girl. Like just stick to flower. (laughs) (laughs) Flower is always a good, safe place to go back to as long as you know your Uh, grower and where you got it from. But yes. Yeah. 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 So Jane, what is your dynamic like with family and your cannabis consumption? Are they supportive? Ooh, that is, oh my gosh. Um, So at the beginning Actually, I would say no. Um, once once um, in Utah in 2020, we were able to get medically um, uh, a medical card, a medical shop open. We were able to get a medical card with a history that with a health, health history that I had, especially with the anorexia. Um, it was very easy for me to go in and get a medical card. And that experience actually changed so much for me because I got to talk to like, real doctors and pharmacists who like looked at my medical chart and were like, wow, cannabis is going to be so helpful for you. Like let us prescribe to you things that will actually help you and like actually help you heal. And that was so amazing that it gave me this like kind of like entitlement, this authority of like, it's not wrong. It's legal. It's medicine. Like I literally talked to a doctor about it and it changed the whole way I was using it to where I was more open with it towards my parents um and just 
my just like letting them know kind of that like I'm trying this as if like it's some new thing I'm trying right and so they were more okay with that because it's legal and I guess they you know they felt like I was doing it in a very medicinal way so my mom is like super supportive and she even like last time we were on a trip together she was like do you have like an edible that I could try and like I gave her a tincture. She has like crazy sciatica. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I gave her a tincture and the whole week she she no longer had sciatica because of this tincture I gave her. Mm. And she didn't feel high at all. And I was like, This is a success. I love that. Um, so with her, she's been really open minded. Whereas with my dad, like I don't know what his deal is. Like I think that he has his own kind of history with drugs and he's like doesn't want to talk about it. I think that he wants me to think that he's never smoked weed, which is the most ridiculous thing ever. Um, Like me and all my sisters just wish that he would come smoke with us, but he has like such a complex about like, no, your dad doesn't do that. And we're all like, you're a liar. We don't believe you. Someday, maybe someday you'll come have this bonding experience with us. That's hilarious. Um, I, I can relate so yeah, to that. Yeah, we're still working on that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I come from a family of sisters and we always are like, dad, the day you ever decide to smoke one with us will be right? the best day of your life. Yeah. Like we all want that with him, but we know that if we even said anything like that, he'd be like, you're telling me that you all get high together and he might like <laughs> yeah. lose his shit. Yes. <laughs> so. I know what you mean. That's funny. Oh, that's so funny. Oh yeah. So mom's down. Mom wants to experiment. Dad is like, we don't even talk about that. I feel like there's sense. always one parent that's always down to experiment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nice. great. Yes. So <laughs> to flip the script, Jane, in your own words, will you please tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm an energy coach, so it's my full-time job, which means um, the like the first third of my business is a virtual yoga studio, and I teach yoga as energy work. So it's not about a workout. It's not about getting flexible. It's about working on your energetic body through breathwork, meditation, and asana. And then um, I run a chakra healing group coaching program called Sanctuary, where we learn more about like energy cultivation and really living in alignment and learning about the actual wisdom of the chakras and really integrating that work into your life. It's just the work I'm here to do. I'm obsessed with it. Um, and then I am a one-on-one mentor to young girls who are on the spiritual path, whether they are wanting to break out of the matrix that they're in or wanting to get into healing and being a guide like I am. Um, and so I just have this amazing community of all my spiritual girlies who are just wanting to have live a more awakened life, you know, like the, the the things that these plant medicines have given us. And I got to a point where I was like, I want to create these experiences for people without any medicine, without any plants, without any substances. And so I got really passionate about like, okay, I think my body's learned how to have these feelings. How can I learn to do this naturally on my own through energy work? So um, I just want to teach people to feel good and like, you know, open their heart chakras and like raise the vibration of the planet. And with my Buddhist background, I'm a very strict Buddhist practitioner. Um, and like just with that work, that's a big part of my vows is just like liberating all beings from their suffering in any way that I can. And um, I'm, I'm, I've really been like settling into this truth that, that like cannabis was grown here to help us be liberated from our suffering. 
and the perception that we create around it or the perception that maybe our parents have put around it is actually creating more suffering when it's here to liberate us from yeah, that suffering. That's good. Setting up a new company can be difficult and confusing, but establishing a strong foundation with appropriate and necessary documents can help protect you in the long run. Yes, and with being business owners or self-sob, we understand what it's like pretty well, I think. With BIC Legal, they practice in areas like family law, estate planning, business litigation, and review and draft contracts for your company while assisting in licensing applications and so much more. And with the Oklahoma cannabis industry thriving, the rules and regulations related to cannabis are quite strict. Jade Pepworth with BIC Legal, she really enjoys working with companies from the ground up. So if you're looking for good legal help in Oklahoma, she's your girl. Let's get back to today's episode. I feel like that leads me into my next question, Jane. How do you think this plant medicine Help, helps you open up to new layers of consciousness? <sighs> like, how does it not? Like, that's what it's yeah. here for. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> um, yeah, and you know, at my retreats, like, everybody knows that if you want to, you, like, my, my, uh, my business partner, like, he's kind of known for, like, always having anything you might want in terms of plant medicine, like, available. So mm-hmm. at our retreats, like, I'm there to teach yoga and do all my energy work. And if anyone wants to like take anything to use it as an integrated part of their practice, like they know that they're welcome to, because I really think that like, you know, I teach people like, if you're going to load a bowl, charge the bowl with your energy, put your intention into it, you know, be like, this bowl is going to open up my energy, open up my field, like whatever it is that you want it to be, like putting your intention into that. And then, and then using it that way, I think that we can kind of um, maybe disrespect the plant when we're just unconsciously doing it just because, just because we're doing it, just because it's the day. Like, and for me, it's really about like, okay, like one of my favorite things to do at the end of the day is to smoke a bowl and play my guitar for like two hours and just be so lost in music and it's that's what I love about these kinds of plants is that it's like you can use it with that intention to go into a creative flow or a yoga practice or anything that you want to feel more connected when you use it with that kind of intention and that kind of reverence for what the plant has to bring to you. I just think it makes life more rich. Honestly, it brings so much richness into my life. I mean, I you really nailed it. It brings so much richness into my life in so many different ways. I feel like, like you were talking about food earlier and I feel like food just tastes so much better and my stomach opens Mm. up and I'm like, oh, okay, this is wonderful. I feel like, you know, I can eat the way I want to eat. Um, Mm. But yeah, it's, it's such a beautiful plant that does so many beautiful things. And I feel like we've just barely tapped into it, which is the cool part. I feel like there's so much more left to learn. Oh my gosh. I, I feel like, I feel like the way that we, and that's what's exciting about having one of my parents finally open up to like what could be available for her in these plants because my parents are so fine to pop pills and drink bottles of wine and get cortisol shots and like do all this crazy gnarly medical stuff to keep themselves feeling well. But then like taking a CBD tincture that's like 25 to one 
is like so radical. It's it's the craziest thing. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's yeah. like you're talking, you're from a different planet. Like, how could you say that? Like, what are you yeah. saying? Yeah. When like taking pills to go to sleep and getting cortisol shots, that's pretty radical to me. Yeah. And so I'm so excited that like these, you know, before it was legalized in Utah, I was buying off the streets. I didn't know what I was getting. I didn't know if it was healing me. Like using medicinal cannabis totally changed my life. And I think that there's so much studies. Like I just, I cannot wait to see how cannabis changes the world and how mushrooms change the world and how cacao changes the world. And all of these plant medicines that are finally being taken seriously and finally getting the funding that they deserve I just, I mean, I'm hopeful that it can just wipe out the pharmaceutical industries and that people can actually start healing without being sick from all of their medication. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you can say that again. I know. Brand I know. Around. I'm like, I'm getting heated. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Oh, that's funny. So Jane, in what ways do you personally like to use cannabis as a tool to expand your mind and perspective? <sighs> that's such a great question. I mean... For me, like I said, like the intention of going inward and I'm definitely more of like a solo user. I'm rarely wanting to like get high with a bunch of people. But for me, it's like, especially as I've been traveling alone and like what I can get good cannabis, like being able to sit with myself and, you know, roll up a joint, have that like ritual of grinding it, being with a flower, all of that. And and being with yourself. And I, like I said, I'm a musician. I love to play guitar and I love to write. And because I'm an energy coach, I'm in the coaching industry and my image and my professionality and all of that stuff can become this really big layer of bullshit that like prevents me from being the authentic person that I'm trying to be. And a ritual that I've kind of gotten into is like rolling a joint at the end of the day and writing directly from my heart onto my blog and then trusting that whatever came through in that session is like meant to be shared with others and just posting it. And you're probably like, well, well, you maybe not you guys, but like, why does the joint have to be involved? There's something that just tunes me in and like takes my inhibitions away in a way where I can just write and I can just sing and I can just think without judgment about myself, it feels like it helps me connect to my heart and like the truth of what I really want to say. And that's really my favorite thing is to just like use the cannabis in a ritual that is to bring me closer to myself, whether I want to sit and write in my journal for three hours and listen to music or dance to music for three hours or play my guitar. It helps me access like a deeper flow state where again, I'm feeling that connection to something bigger than myself, that spiritual connection to the earth. And, and I just get so excited at the idea that like the earth grew this for us to like feel connected to her. And like, how sexy is that? Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That is so well said. You are so well said, Jane. Yeah, you really are. (laughs) Oh, thank you. Beautifully spoken. So, okay. Let's talk about the pineal gland. Tell us about the importance of the third eye chakra. Oh my gosh, let's get into, oh my, this is like my favorite thing to talk about. Where do I begin? (laughs) So, you know, thinking about that story that I told you, right? I grew up in a really conservative religious town. And so it's, I, it's easy actually for me to teach people from there, like 
I, I like to call it a cemented shut third eye, like a fully calcified pineal gland. There is no light there. There is no opening there. There is no awakening happening there. And these are the people, and we all know them. They're very dogmatic. They believe in one thing, the thing they believe in. They were taught. They were indoctrinated into it from a very young age. And they were never, ever, ever given the permission to have a doubt or to think critically or to say, I'm not so sure about that. And that lack of freedom, that suppression that we kind of talked about, closes up the third eye and makes people so miserable because, you know, like for me, I was like, but I swear there's something more, you know? And like, and I read the Bible and like, I don't really feel like this made sense. And I would be asking these questions and it would be like, no, no, this is what we believe. This is what the Bible says. This is what we believe. You're not supposed to be doubting it. You're supposed to have faith. Yeah. And as a kid, I was just like, I'm sorry, can I swear? I'm like, yes. <laughs> fuck this. Like, fuck this. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. you guys aren't teaching me anything. And I, as a young kid, I was like, these people are sheep. Like, nobody is thinking for themselves. It was such a weird experience mm, yeah. to have as a child. I love that you had and, that, though. Like, that is so enlightening <laughs> from a young age to be yeah. able to, like, recognize, like, groups of sheep. And to like yeah. know what you don't want to be identified with mm-hmm. or you like want to, there's something greater in your mind. Like if that's a wild feeling. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, from such a young age, I was like, nobody, nobody liked that I was asking these questions. Nobody wanted to explore these questions with me. And it's because this is the story of the closed third eye. So I like to start from like an extreme example so that you can know like, oh, that's what a closed third eye is like. No one else gets to have their truth. No one else gets to be in their beliefs. It's like your beliefs are true and that's it. And that's such a miserable way to live because like you probably don't even know if your beliefs are true because you've never opened your mind enough to explore something else. Yeah. So, you know, most people have crazy third eye awakenings when they first do psychedelics or when they maybe first just get really high for the first time and they feel connected. And they feel a way that I like to describe it is that there is a a little lotus bud in your pineal gland and you can activate it to blossom open like a lotus flower. And you can allow it to open up to the beautiful, infinite wisdom that this world has to offer you. And the truth that we are all living in our own unique interdimensional realities. And like, this this is when I get like into the holographic theory and this idea that like, my reality that I'm living in as Jane, as Jane will never be Saba's reality because I will never, ever, no matter how much I know you, if I spend all day with you, I will never actually know what it's like to be in your mind, to be in your energy, to be in your reality, to be in your world. It is impossible because you are living in your own dimensional reality and I'm living in my own dimensional reality. And when we come together like we are right now, they're intersecting mm-hmm. and they're reflecting off of one another but I still will never, ever, ever be able to know your truth because it's yours and it's not mine. And that to me, and that's like a big contemplation and that's like a very complex topic, but that idea that I will never actually know someone else's truth and I can only know mine and I can only be on the mission to know my own truth is so freeing because it lets us all live in our own little dimensional realities where we get to decide what's true for us And then we're also all mirrors. And so we get to reflect that back onto each other. And if someone's reflecting something onto you that doesn't resonate with you, 
you don't have to take it on because it doesn't have to live in your reality. Or you can love the reflection that someone else is reflecting to you and it can inspire your reality. And so when we live this way, we can open up the third eye truly and start thinking, oh, everyone is living in their own reality. So for people who feel like they've closed third eyes and maybe don't want to just go blast it open with some psychedelics, I have very easy prompts for you of like, go talk to someone who you don't agree with. Like go meet someone whose political beliefs are different from yours. Go meet someone who lives a completely different lifestyle from you, who practices a different religion from you. Like go meet someone who has a completely polarized life from you and sit down and be open to a conversation with them and see if you can open up to that their reality is so true for them. Even if it triggers you, even if it upsets you, even if you don't like it, what if you allowed them to be so deeply in their truth and trusted that even if you think it's wrong or bad or evil, that deep down they are good, inherently good, because they deep down are doing what they deeply believe is right and true and just trusting in that. That's really deep. And like allowing like allowing humankind to live in that truth, you know, how much freedom, like how much freedom could we have if we lived in that truth? And so, you know, when people have these blasted open third eye experiences, they realize, oh my God, we are all fucking connected. We're all connected. Like the earth made us and we're all made of the earth. And like, wow, why don't we just love each other? You know, like, why can we not just love each other and the amazing interdimensional world that we're living in? Um, but you know, that's just my experience as a Buddhist and as someone who has experimented so much in my life. And that's a big thing that I'm here to share and preach is like, find your own truth, be on a, be on a quest for your own spiritual truth. And in that allow everybody to live in their truth, because what if, what if this is my favorite thought, everything that someone believes about the world is true. Like if you think you're going to go to heaven after you die, you're going to go there. If you think you're going to be reborn as a butterfly, that's what's going to happen to you. And when I just feel into that truth, it just feels like such a relief. And like everyone just gets to be on this planet and live so fully. Yeah. Wow, that, my mind is blown right now. That was so well said. You're Listen, absorbing yeah. like a sponge over here. I know. We're both just like, wow, tell us more. <laughs> I love it. I know. It's a lot. That, no, it's, it's really not. It's just it's such a different perspective than what Brandon and I are not used to per se, but that we've been around that it's so mm. beautiful and it is enlightening. And that's why we have people like yourself on our podcast because this is what like fuels our fire. Like, you know, mm. conversations like these and people like yourself. And so thank you for sharing all of that. That was just so that was so awesome. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> So, Jane, from your experience, how can someone effortlessly raise their vibration? Mm, oh, my God. Oh, I love this question so much. I just came out of hosting an amazing retreat in San Diego, and I was like the energetic advisor of the retreat. And this message kept coming through really strong, so it just feels like the answer to this question. Like, raising your frequency is all about being aware of what's happening in your body. And that's why I love cannabis. And sometimes I like to use sativa right before a really tough yoga practice to help me like really tune into my body and really disconnect from my thinking mind and feel into my body. 
And I think that so many of us are not taking time to tune into our bodies and our feelings and the energy that's arising. And so if we could spend more time, like even just like five minute check-in at the beginning of the day to just close your eyes, tune inward. How does my physical body feel? How does my energetic body feel? What's going on in my mind? Like tuning into these three points and learning to name what we're feeling like, Oh, I'm feeling really anxious this morning. Or like my legs are feeling really sore or like my mind keeps on going after this thought over and over and over again. Then we've got this awareness. We're like, okay, I'm seeing what's happening. I've got this like kind of script to my programming from there. We can raise our frequency by naming what we're feeling. And that's like, was my teaching that kept coming through all weekend is like, if you're sitting in a room with someone and you're feeling so anxious and you feel like you're going to die effortless way to raise your vibration is sharing it and saying, wow, I'm feeling so anxious in this present moment. Like I'm going to name it and I'm going to acknowledge it and I'm going to witness the anxiety and I'm going to share it with someone if they're nearby. And then I'm going to see what happens to it because so many of us feel anxiety and then we like push it away and we go do all these other things to push it away. And so many of us are ignoring the sensations and the vibrations that we are feeling in our body and we're shoving them away and covering them up. And the easiest way to raise your frequency is to just spend time honoring that which is coming through and sitting with it. And sometimes I'll print out for my students like a list of all of the emotions, like a list of 84 emotions. So you can start figuring out like what you're actually feeling and naming it so that you can clear it. And that's, that brings us this ability to be like energetically crystal clear. And something that kept coming up this weekend in the retreat is like, if a person has a crush on you and you feel a vibe from them, we don't waste time in the gray area. We don't just waste time not saying anything. We don't like mixed boundaries or blurred lines. We say, I'm feeling, I'm feeling an energy from you right now. Are you feeling this too? And that just like blows people's minds. Like the idea that you could just say exactly how you're feeling in the moment. This is how we raise our frequency because it's, it creates this energetic clarity within us when we're, we're aware of what's happening in our body. We're aware of what's happening in our mind and we're working with it actively instead of just passively moving through our lives, letting all of this energy build up in the body and create like this heaviness and this density in our energy that essentially lowers our vibration and we don't feel as good and I want everyone to feel really fucking good all the time yeah absolutely that was well said yeah Yeah, I like that perspective so Jane we all experience highs and lows in life and from your experience Mm -hmm. how how do you rise up from the lows of life and get out of a rut that you're in oh boy um your girl went through some crazy lows this summer and it was actually so beautiful to kind of like accept and allow that like the lows are going to happen. And like, instead of forcing yourself to like get high again, can you like find beauty in the low? Like, can you turn on like some sad music and like really slow with that low feeling that you're having and like let your body experience it fully experiencing like the full spectrum of emotions and knowing that like, this low thing is going to pass and it always passes. And I think that's when kind of just like simple mindset work really comes into play for me. Like 
the lowest moments I had over this summer, I just had this little voice in my head that was like, babe, you're going to get yourself through this. You're going to feel better. And I am devoted to feeling good every day, devoted to it. So devoted to it that if one day I feel really depressed and down, I honor that and I let myself feel that way all day long and just trust that it's going to pass. And I do a lot of work on just like, like, Keeping the optimism, honestly, like we all have a choice on this planet. You can be a person that carries a dark energy and carries a lot of negativity and nihilism, or you can be a person that carries a lot of optimism and hope and light. And we just get to make a choice every single day. And so when you're in those low moments, you can find the beauty and the light in it and just know that like, I'm going to wake up tomorrow and I'm going to keep choosing the light every single day and know that life is beautiful and like we're meant to be here to just like enjoy so much and suffering is just a part of the deal man like accept it (laughs) that's good yeah Yeah. that is and I feel like the more you can surrender to suffering and the lows the I'm not saying the faster the highs come but when you surrender and accept I feel like that it just the energy of it all and the awareness of it all just snowball effects into more positive things. And it could be fast. It could be, you know, a day, a week, a month, but it's progression for sure. I feel like, and I've recently surrendered to some stuff that's happened and it's, it's been enlightening for me to just know Mm -hmm. that what's meant for me will never miss me. And that was meant for Mm -hmm. me. And all I can do is surrender. And how do I rise above? Oh, oh, that meant for me piece is something. Yeah. That I totally wish I would have said is like, I'm in such deep trust with the universe that like, even if I get my heart ripped out, I'm like, okay, sky daddy. Like, I know you did that for me. Like, I know. Sky daddy. I love it. It's just, yeah, it's like this deep, deep trust that, you know, and as a Buddhist, like, you know, I'll call my teachers bawling and crying and feeling like the world is falling apart. And they'll look at me and just say, your suffering, your suffering is so beautiful. You're so alive right now. Like you are so in your human experience and it's gorgeous. And like that is such an amazing perspective to have on the world. It's yeah, like, like what are bawling right now is yeah. amazing. Yeah, and yeah, if somebody like, gave me that beautiful. response, I would be so confused, but also like I would take a step back to be like, wow, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like that's yeah, like, that is the type of person I want to have therapy with. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I don't want to yeah. like just be with the typical like I know you know therapist who's good for your mental health but is so structured. Like that gives you oh yeah you know paper textbook answers. Mm-mm. Yeah, you need some really scary Buddhist masters yeah. in your life <laughs> to just like snap you back into it. And you know, for anyone listening, like. I went through the hardest breakup this summer and like I had so many moments where I was just feeling so broken. And for anyone listening, like next time you're in those broken down, can't stop crying moments, I literally want you to notice how good it feels. Like I know this sounds so like weird and masochist, but it's like notice how good it feels and how beautiful your sadness is and how beautiful your heart is. And just see what happens if you open yourself up to the beauty of like your suffering. That's beautiful. That is. Thank you for so sharing important. that. With that being said, Jane, is there someone that you look up to that has inspired you in your life and the work that you do? Oh my God. So many, so many, so many. I mean, the two names that come to mind immediately um, are obviously Ram Dass. <laughs> like I met a lot of people yes. say this, but like 
Ram Das, he started as like such an intellectual um, and then he started experimenting with psychedelics and then that led him to being one of the greatest like Western esoteric teachers of our time. Um, and I, and then the other person that comes to mind is Pema Chodron, who is a Western Buddhist nun who just has the most amazing, she has a book called When Things Fall Apart. And her teachings are literally about like falling in love with the ambiguity of our human existence and like the unknown that we have to live in and the suffering that we have to experience. And these two teachers, I admire them so much because they took these deep ancient Eastern teachings that actually aren't embedded in our culture and they brought them to our culture as authentically as they could while allowing them to shift and mold into Western society in a way that us as Westerners can receive this wisdom and really deeply integrate it into our lives. And those, those two leaders have just shown me what the embodiment of like true unconditional love and leadership and like working just for the unconditional like freedom of the world and liberating the planet. Those are, those are two people that if you haven't checked out their work, definitely check them out. Great recommendations. <laughs> yeah, thank you. We always love recommendations, especially on books. Yeah. So what's, do you have any advice that you would like to pass on to someone listening? Something that you wish you would have maybe learned a little bit earlier in life that you, that maybe something you live by now? Oh my gosh. Um, something I've been saying a lot lately is that there is actually no such thing as right or wrong or good or bad. And that this idea that something is right or wrong or that something is good or bad is like a human construct that we have created to just create more division between us. And I've just Mm -hmm. been saying this so much lately. Like, yeah, I see my friends and my students and my clients just beat themselves up for having desires or for smoking pot or for whatever it is that they do. And I just, I just love to say to my clients, like, what if you didn't make this wrong? Or what if that wasn't wrong? Like, what if everything just is and we're just living? I'm learning every, (laughs) what you were just saying. Have you read the book, Inner Engineering, A Yogi's Guide to Joy? No. That sounds amazing. You need to read it because like stuff you're saying, like I have learned from reading that, like the whole like right and wrong, good and bad, like that perspective. The Inner Engineer. Inner inner Engineering, A Yogi's Guide to Joy. Oh, I'm writing that down. Yes, it is so great. You'll enjoy it. So, um, Jane, we (laughs) ask everyone this question, but what is the stigma revolving cannabis that you would like to see changed? Oh, my goodness. Um, I mean, the stigma that we're just like lazy stoners, it's just, you know, wild to me. In college, I was, I went to college in Southern Oregon and I was, so baked all the time and I had the best time but I had girls who lived in my dorm with me who would tease me as if I wasn't smart and one night after they saw me and a bunch of boys getting high in my dorm room they came in and they were like Jane we have a test tomorrow we have a huge exam tomorrow and I was like I know and they were like are you ready for it and I was like of course I am and they were like we made flashcards can we quiz you and they were like how annoying. Really trying That's to, so know. annoying. <laughs> it's so annoying. <laughs> I always think about this story because they were really trying to make me feel ashamed. Yeah. And yeah. like I wasn't prepared. And so I was like, 
okay, I'm high as fuck. Test me. Quiz me. I didn't get one answer wrong on a hundred index yeah, you cards did. that she had. <laughs> yeah, you did. Love to hear it. I was like, do like can I like do you need anything else? Like, can I help you? Do you guys need help studying? Like, what can I do for you? Because I'm not sure why you're in here harassing. <laughs> do you need to smoke some and with me while we study? Yeah, I was like, Do you want to get high? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, That's a and great like story. and yeah, that was a really huge moment for me of being like I don't care if you think I'm dumb because I use cannabis. I'm running a full-time energy coaching business. I'm traveling the world. I am living the fucking dream. Hell yeah. And smoking weed is not stopping me from it. It's actually helping me feel more free and more alive. And also, um, something that I've learned, and I'm not sure if I haven't seen if you guys have talked much about this before, but like we also all have a different genetic disposition towards cannabis. So for someone like me, it's going to light me up. It's going to activate me. It's going to clear my mind. Like it helps me tune in. It helps me release my inhibitions. Other people smoke and they're paranoid as hell and they feel terrible and they don't like it because that's their genetic makeup. And so it's also not for everybody. And so if you have a friend that's like, Oh dude, if I smoked, I couldn't get anything done. And you're like, wow, I love to smoke and then get all of my chores done and like all of my tasks done it's just because you have a different physical constitution in your body and so again like don't make it wrong like if you feel like you're a burnout then like maybe look at that and like ask yourself what you could do to change your relationship with cannabis but like stop making it wrong because it's just going to create more suffering for you like this plant is beautiful and like we're here to enjoy life so like if you want to be on this planet and enjoy the plant then like you should do that because we're gonna die someday yeah (laughs) that's true and the plants will still be here the plants aren't going anywhere babe like these were grown by the earth dude yeah it's so crazy (laughs) so jane for people listening that might be interested where can they find your services and all that you offer Yes. So, um, my Instagram handle is Jane of 801, Jane of 801. Um, that's basically where I'm playing every day. You can come, you know, keep an eye on me. (laughs) And then my website is my first and last name, janelion.me. And if you check out my website, you can find, I have a ton of like free downloadable guided meditations. If that's something you're into, that's where you can find my virtual yoga studio, my sanctuary uh, chakra healing program is actually starting our next round in a couple of weeks. So if anyone listening is like, I want to learn about energy healing. Like I want to be in Jane's world. Like come let me know. Um, and yeah, if anyone listening is excited, like I would just love to hear from you. Like send me a DM. I would love to hear from you. And I'm currently relaunching my podcast. Um, we're renaming it, rebranding it. It's going to be called spiritually queer and it's going to be all about the intersection of being queer and spiritual and all of the other things that come along with that so i'm excited to be relaunching that soon as well that sounds awesome congrats on the relaunch super exciting thank you thank you well jane i think this wraps up our episode for today once again thank you for being here with us and just taking time to share your story and we're always grateful for new perspectives so we appreciate you Oh my gosh, you guys are amazing. This was so much fun. Like I was so nervous to just talk about cannabis because it just <laughs> felt so edgy for me. And yeah. you guys just remind me it's it's so innocent. And I just really yeah. want to break the stigma. So many of my students feel so ashamed of their cannabis use. And I'm like, fuck that, live your life. And so thank you guys so much for like what you're doing. And 
you're just like such beautiful women and you're so lucky to like have each other. And I'm just so grateful for the work that you're doing. Oh, oh thank you, Jane. Thank you, Jane. You're so sweet. We're, we so appreciate nice. you. I'm cheesing from ear to ear. You can't tell. Oh, good, good. Thank well, you. Have a beautiful day. And thank you, you so much. You too. Thank you to everyone listening today and be sure to stay in tuned to next week's episode. And as always, Brand, stay medicated. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.